Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Millennial Things with Lynn D. <sighs> y'all, it's been a real long day in these quarantine streets. And when I say quarantine streets, I mean my hallway. Um, <laughs> Your girl, you know, I had a lot on my plate today. It ended really, really good considering um, I did a Bible study with one of my friends However, trying to record this podcast has been a least struggle because, you know, I went out and purchased a podcasting mic. I really want to make sure that I'm able to produce like a professional product for you guys. And what I'm learning is that a podcasting mic is totally different than the mic that I use at church. So I'm still trying to configure like mic placement, still trying to configure, you know, my voice inflections, how to make sure my voice stays at a level that doesn't sound ridiculously loud because your girl is allowed in everyday life uh, versus, you know, making sure that I don't sound too quiet. So, you know, I just want to thank y'all in advance for rocking with me until I figure out, you know, what what is how it's supposed to go and what it's supposed to sound like. You know, until then, um, you know, we're going to make it do what it do. All right. <laughs> so on today's episode of The Rant. So on today's segment of The Rant, we're going to be talking about... Um, comparison and how it is literally the thief of joy i know that that is and has been such a cliche um quote that's been floating around out there on social media and out in blogs and things on on um on the internet however i really and truly believe that statement wholeheartedly comparison is the thief of joy so I really just want to talk about and unpack comparison culture because it really is a thing now. Like comparison literally ruins our lives. And, you know, I want to blame social media 100%. However, especially for millennials, we grew up really and truly being ingrained through media period to compare ourselves to other people. Um, before social media was like as big as it is now, you know, we had TV, we had movies, we had um, like fashion models and we had music videos and video vixens. And, you know, we've always been in a situation where we've compared ourselves, our bodies and everything about us to the media and to other images that fed us the lie that we had to fit a certain mold or fit within a certain box. And I think that over time, it's really and truly had its effects on us. However, social media, as amazing as it is and as powerful of a tool as it is, I also think that if it's not handled responsibly, if you don't know who you are and are 100% settled within yourself about who you are, then it's inevitable for you to subscribe to comparison culture and for you to allow social media to essentially dictate your emotional status at any given moment of the day. 
um, just a couple of thoughts about comparison culture and about comparison in general. I really feel like comparison makes you question everything about yourself. It makes you pick yourself apart from the top to the bottom. And in doing so, it affects your self-esteem. It affects your mental health. I honestly think that some of the mental health issues that a lot of people in our generation face really and truly stem from comparison, stem from, you know, feeling like we're supposed to be at a certain place in our lives that we currently aren't at right now. And if we really step away and back away from the table and ask ourselves, you know, where we think we're supposed to be. I question if the reason we think what we think is simply because we see other people at our age or younger than us already, you know, reaching goals and hitting markers that we thought we would meet by now. I know for my personal life, um, back when I was maybe, actually no, when I was 20 years old, that's when my first friend got married. And from age 20 to about age 25, I had a real life 27 dresses situation. Like I had a friend or two to get married almost every summer. And for a while, you know, it really and truly made me question if something was wrong with me and why I wasn't married at that time. Now, don't get me wrong. I was extremely happy for my friends. So it wasn't a situation like, you know, I was jealous of them per se, but it just made me question everything about myself, everything about my value, everything about my self-worth. Um, I questioned if I was even attractive anymore because it seemed as though anytime I stumbled into a relationship, a situationship, and I'm gonna put a pin in that because we would definitely be doing an episode about situationships and dating and all of that. However, I couldn't understand why all of my friends found themselves in committed relationships or in marriages, the ultimate commitment. And I couldn't even get past, so what's your favorite color with somebody? You know, like I was having a really difficult time within myself. And I um, was in graduate school. I remember taking a, a class one time and I really wish I could remember the name of the course, uh, but I know it has something to do with like uh, human development, but I was taking a class in grad school and my professor um, basically did a survey in the classroom. He said, raise your hand if you're between the ages of 21 and 25. I raised my hand. He said, raise your hand if you feel like you are not where you thought you would be in your life at this time. We raised our hands. Um, he asked a couple of other questions and then he says, if you raise your hand at least three times, you may be experiencing a quarter life crisis. And I was just sitting there like, yo, I think he's right. And that really and truly sent me spiraling into a conversation within my own self, you know, of what markers I felt like I hadn't crossed off and what I really wanted out of life. And when I sat down and really thought about it and really took the time to, you know, dissect where I was at that moment, who I was at that moment, and what I had to offer to the world at that moment, I came to the conclusion that there was absolutely nothing wrong with me. 
I was exactly where I was supposed to be, when I was supposed to be there. And I also came to the conclusion that even though I desired love and very much would have liked to have been in a relationship at that time, I didn't really see myself married at 23. Didn't see myself married at 22. And looking backward, I wasn't ready to be anybody's wife at that particular time in my life, you know? So I had to really and truly like go back and kind of try to put the pieces of me back together because I had built my entire life upon, you know, this notion that I was flawed and broken because, you know, all of my friends were married and I was not. Once again, one of those situations where you allow comparison to control you and to make you think that something's wrong with you when there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Um, I think another thing that comparison does is it plants seeds of envy. And, you know, essentially those seeds end up sprouting up and growing into something. I think ultimately you become a hater. <laughs> like you think that you're not hating on people, but really and truly you are. Like if every time you're scrolling on Instagram and you see somebody get in the ring, mm, but you can't look at it, you can't appreciate it, you roll your eyes, you can't tell people congratulations, you might be a hater. And it may not even be that you're an intentional hater because some people are just bitter Betty for no reason. But, you know, for the average person who, you know, really and truly tries to be a good person, tries to be in a good space most of the time, you know, you end up finding yourself being a hater. And, you know, I mean, hate for what? Like, we're all, I think, we're all where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. Now, there may be factors in our lives and things in our lives that you know we can work on and we can try to grow and change you know that may be necessary but for some of the milestones and markers that we harp on and beat ourselves up on about you know not meeting the mark when we thought we should have or really and truly riding that perpetual timeline in our heads and um you know, that time clock, that biological time clock, like those things internally that tell us that we're not where we're supposed to be, you know, all of that is a lie. Like it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you to be in a situation where you're continuously trying to question everything about yourself and question why this person is so good and you're not. Again, Comparison turns you into a hater if you're not careful. <laughs> I also think that um, comparing yourself to others wastes your time. Like, while you're minding everyone else's business, you really should be minding your own business. Drinking your water, moisturizing your edges and all that good stuff. <laughs> so I really stole that from Sarah Jakes Roberts. One thing, y'all y'all probably gonna hear me talk about her a lot. Um, she's my best friend in my head. <laughs> I absolutely love her. If that particular area of the ministry was my calling, I think I'd be just like her. I love sis. But I'm not comparing myself to her. I just really appreciate her. I think she's bomb. But that's the best quote ever. Like, while you're minding everybody else's business, you're wasting your own time because you could be minding yours. Like, Think about how much time in a day we spend scrolling. 
And if the whole time you're scrolling or the majority of the time you're scrolling on social media and you're rolling your eyes and popping your neck or internalizing the images that you see and they make you feel some kind of way, like we can easily stay on social media for two, three hours at a time. Do you know what you could do with two or three hours of your life? (laughs) You could do a lot of things. You could cross some of those things off of your list that, you know, you plan to achieve. You could start something new. You could do research, you know, on some kind of project or idea or business that you have. You could read a book. Let's get back to reading books. (laughs) You know, you could spend intentional time with family and friends that you haven't had the opportunity to talk to in a really long time. Like, Comparison is a time waster. And the thing is, while you're minding these other people's business, they ain't even thinking about you. So you're wasting time thinking about somebody else who is literally out here living their best lives when you really could be out here living your own. Like, I just... And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like from time to time I'm not tempted to slip back into comparing myself, you know, I can be honest in saying, you know, there are a lot of things on the quote unquote list of my life that I created for myself that I've not met. A lot of milestones, a lot of markers, a lot of goals, a lot of just, you know, my life doesn't look the way I thought it was going to look at 31. Now, that's not to say that I don't have a great life overall because I do like I really and truly enjoy my life. Now, while I would love to be somebody's wife at this stage, (laughs) you know, at the same time, I'm okay until it happens. You know, like, I often think if I were married right now, would I have the time, the space, and the capacity to really do some of the things that I'm doing right now? For some, you know, for some, that answer is yes. Like, you know, some people don't allow their marriage to hold them back or they don't, they aren't married to a spouse that expects for them to be their end all be all. But I mean, you got to be honest with yourself and know who you are in relationships. And when I'm in, I'm in a hundred percent. Not that I neglect myself, but you know, I'm the type of person who always wants to continually find opportunities to, you know, to make my partner happy so when it's all said and done I wouldn't have as much time to dedicate to some of these things I wouldn't have as much time to be open and available to other people to help other people you know like I have to be okay with where I am and I think that that is a lesson for all of us we have to be okay with where we are right in this moment and appreciate and take the time and stop And, you know, just soak in the moment, soak in where you are right now, because thinking and wishing yourself into another phase of life isn't going to change anything. And if by chance, you know, God allows you to, I guess, think yourself way far ahead than into a space that you think you're supposed to be in. The question is, are you even going to be the person you need to be to sustain whatever you think or wherever you think you're supposed to be at that moment like sometimes 
we are where we are because we're in a process of being molded and cultivated into who we're supposed to be so that when we do reach that milestone or reach that mark or reach that goal, we have the capacity to handle it. We don't blow it. Like, I think a lot of people have, you know, had failed businesses, had failed marriages, had, you know, failed opportunities in life simply because they weren't ready for it. They weren't the person who they should have been when they got there. We have to get out of trying to half-bake ourselves into something. Like, it is 100% okay for you to be who you are and to do what you're doing right now. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. Um, You know, even with all of that, like, I think ultimately, as I said earlier, comparison is the thief of joy. And I really want us to really break that apart. I'm going to say it again. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison steals your joy. Comparison sucks the life out of your joy. Comparison sucks the life out of you. Comparison kills, cuts off, makes void, makes absent the space in your life that is reserved for joy. And what is replaced, like what replaces that joy when you allow comparison to seep in? Typically, especially in our society, anxiety and depression fill those spaces where joy is supposed to reside. It is so easy to allow comparison to drive you into a dark and empty space if you're not careful. I remember back, you know, when I was having my little meltdown and thinking I was the old maid when I was a baby, really. <laughs> um, I had so much anxiety about the future. So much anxiety about who was going to love me and so much anxiety around, you know, really being around married couples and being around other people who were in a relationship. It made me anxious. Like, I've never been the type of woman who, you know, is going to chase down a man. Um, not physically anyway. But in my head, you know, I'm always looking around, seeing who's next. Like, who is this guy? Is this guy somebody I could, be da- I could possibly date? Is this somebody I could be interested in? Like... In my head at that time, almost every guy that I encountered was a contender, even if they weren't a contender. (laughs) Just because, you know, I really wanted to be in a relationship with somebody because I thought I was supposed to be at that time. It caused so much anxiety, so much so that when I actually met a really great guy, I think I was probably like 24 or so, the minute he didn't show me the interest that I thought he was going to show me. It sent me spiraling to a point that I legit had to go get counseling. Now, of course I unpacked some other stuff while in session, but ultimately that experience was what landed me on somebody's couch. 
And, you know, I know that to some people that might sound like, ooh, girl, like, <laughs> that is so weak. That is so blah, 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 blah. But when you deal with rejection anyway, you know, you you live your life from a seat of rejection. So the minute somebody rejects you, you know, you have the potential to send you spiraling. And it's like, how many times can somebody be or feel as though they've been rejected before their heart and their mind can no longer take it? I mean, that's another story for another day, but (laughs) either way, you know, those feelings of rejection coupled with me comparing myself to other people and being for lack of better terms, super thirsty to have what everybody else around me had sent me spiraling. And I think that so often, you know, comparison has the ability to send other people spiraling too. Like what sends you, what puts you in a state of anxiety? What is it about other people's lives that seems so glamorous that you are completely unsettled, unnerved, and unhappy with the life that you have right now. Because half of the time, what we think we want and what we think we need isn't even what we think it's gonna be when we get it. <laughs> we have to be prepared for that. We have to be prepared for that, um, for that experience and for that reality. A prime example of, you know, comparison and how it affects us inwardly is thinking about the major holidays. Now, baby, there were at least a hundred pairs of matching flannel pajamas in plaid (laughs) this previous Christmas. And, you know, like people getting engaged, Valentine's Day, like... All of those major holidays where you feel like you should be bait up has an opportunity and an effect to where, you know, scrolling around on social media, seeing, literally seeing those images constantly has the ability to make you start to compare yourself or to long for what those other people have, even if it's not even a legitimate desire that you have at that moment. And it's like, you know, you're sitting around hating on everybody or feeling sorry for yourself because you don't have what these other people have when really you could just be enjoying your turkey. (laughs) Like I learned a long time ago, especially when it came to like holidays, I will never allow myself to be in my feelings around the holidays and being single. Like for one, I'm blessed to have life period. I'm blessed to be alive, period. Like I'm thankful to be able to participate in yet another holiday. So that's first thing first. But at the same time, you know, I think that those holidays are about spending time with the ones that you love. And, and I'm not going to lie. It ain't nothing like, you know, cozying up to somebody who you're interested in or who you're in a relationship with. However, why do we allow ourselves to get depressed around these major holidays when we really and truly can be spending valuable quality time with the people that we really already love in our lives? 
Like, I remember a couple years ago, one of my um, childhood friends and I decided we weren't going to sit around moping on Valentine's Day. We got dressed up for each other, and we took each other out to eat dinner for Valentine's Day and had the time of our lives. Because that's my good girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? Like, it means a lot. It meant a lot. It meant a lot to be in a space on a day for people who love each other with somebody who I legitimately have been loving since the seventh grade, <laughs> you know? So we have to find ways to um, to combat those feelings of comparison and find ways to, to help us with filling those voids. Because ultimately, that is really why comparison has the power that it has. There's a void in our lives that we're not willing to admit and so all comparison does is continue to eat away at that void or eat away at that insecurity that you already have. You have to take your power back and not allow comparison to be what leads you, not allow it to be what rules your life. Because ultimately, when you give that much power and control to comparison, you're asking for your life to be absolutely nothing like it should be at this time. You're asking for your life to be miserable. You're asking for your life to be full of pain and, and full of insecurity. You're so much bigger than your insecurities. And honestly, insecurities are a matter of perspective. Most of the time, the things that we're most insecure about are some of the things that the people who are in our lives actually love the most. Like... <laughs> So I got a thing for fluffy men, right? <laughs> and a lot of people, you know, or a lot of men that I've had conversations with are like, what? But like, I love your love handles. You know what I'm saying? Like, but for some people, that is an insecurity. You know, like, it's all about perspective. It's all about, you know, like how you view it and how you change your own view of what your life looks like at this point. This is one of those moments where you have to learn how to look at the glass half full instead of the glass half empty. Like, no, you may not be working your dream job at this moment. However, you are gainfully employed and you have an opportunity to do some things right now with the limited amount of responsibility or a lesser amount of responsibility than you would have if you were sitting in the in the position of your dream job. So prime example, um, before I became a school counselor and the whole time I was in graduate school, I was a teacher assistant. And I often felt inferior to a lot of um, the the teachers who were um, on staff because in education, well, in the field of education, there is, whew, there are so many levels and so many isms that exist. <laughs> Ageism is a big thing. Sexism sometimes can be a big thing. Racism sometimes can be a thing. However, for me, it was more of like, classism between the the positions so like they were really big back then on saying classified staff versus certified staff and i could tell that there were certain people on on uh the faculty who looked at the people who were on staff as lesser 
you know, just because we were in a different tax bracket and because we didn't have a license. Um, and I allowed that, you know, sometimes to bother me and to make me feel like I wasn't significant or that the service that I had to offer to students wasn't as important as other people in the building because I wasn't done with school yet. You know, I often felt like, you know, should I find another job? Is this enough for me right now? Like, what more could I be doing? But really and truly, having that job was such a blessing in my life at that particular time because had I been, you know, a licensed teacher or a licensed staff member at that point, there would have been way more responsibility on my plate. And what you'll often find is that for those of us who are salaried employees, these people think they own us. <laughs> like, if they call a staff meeting at 7 o'clock in the morning, you're expected to be there, even though school might not start until 8.15. If, you know, you think that you're about to go to dinner at 5 o'clock with a friend across town, you know, you may not be able to do that because a parent might walk in. I know that happens to me all the time, but a parent might walk in right when the bell rings and take up an hour of your life. And now you don't get to do what you thought you were going to do in what should have been your free time. I needed as much free time and less responsibilities as possible when I was a teacher assistant because I was in graduate school. Like having that position gave me flexibility. I was able to do my homework. I was able to, you know, have a set schedule. Like I had to be at work from 7.30 until 2.30. So I knew that at 2.30, I had the rest of the day to myself. And I clocked out at 2.30 on the dot every single day. <laughs> um, one, because they only allowed for us to work a certain amount of hours. But for two, you know, I needed to stick to a schedule. Like my classes started at four. I was working in Chapel Hill, going to school in Durham. I needed to be able to have enough time to commute. Enough time to take a nap if I wanted to after being up so early in the morning. Enough time to eat, like... Having that flexibility really allowed me to be able to successfully complete my degree without having the added stress of yet another job. And I had to start looking at it like that. No, I may not be licensed yet, but I'm working towards something right now and I actually have the space and the opportunity to do it. So I ask you, you know, what things are you looking at from, from a pessimistic view when you really can flip that glass upside down and see it from a totally different perspective. Like, we have to stop allowing comparison to rob us of the moment that we're in at this moment. Where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And in a source, I'm talking to myself too, <laughs> because I'm very, very ambitious very driven, very motivated. I think about new business ideas several times a week, sometimes several times a day. Like my brain is always rolling. But being, you know, hyper driven like that, if you're not careful, if you don't rein yourself back in, can prove to be problematic. So, you know, I have to talk myself off the ledge often. And I think that's the, the important takeaway from today is just making sure that you take control or you capture those thoughts whenever they go into your mind 
and flip it so that you don't allow yourself to get down on yourself so that it doesn't affect your self-esteem and so that it doesn't keep you from enjoying where you are in this moment right now. So I had a couple of things, you know, that I wanted to talk about in helping us to overcome comparison or to at least begin to overcome it. The first thing, you know, is self-affirmation. Like I said earlier, a lot of the times um, comparison has the opportunity to have the power and control that it has over us because we have, you know, insecurities in our lives that we have not addressed. Self-affirmation is one of the number one ways that can really and truly help you to overcome or to at least lessen the amount of insecurity that you have around certain things in your life. Being Mary Jane, I miss that show so much, but you know, on the show, being Mary Jane, like one thing that she made popular was having post-it notes with positive things really all over her room, all over her bathroom. And some people think that it's corny, but I'm telling you, when you legitimately create an environment of positivity, your mind has no choice but to catch up to it because that's all that you see. That's all that you surround yourself with. I remember there was a point in time where I was really struggling with my self-esteem. I had gained a lot of weight while I was in graduate school and coming out of a really, really hard breakup I fed myself to soothe myself and so you know I gained a lot of weight I looked different um I didn't look old but I looked older to myself I was tired and sleep deprived because I was up early in the morning and up late at night trying to get assignments done I didn't like the way I look I didn't like how I felt I didn't like what I saw when I looked in the mirror I tried to overcompensate for those things with trying to make sure my face was beat every day and all these other things. I tried to spend extra money on clothes and shoes to make myself look a certain way, but it didn't really help or solve my issue. Really and truly, the issue had absolutely nothing to do with my outward appearance. The only reason I ever even gained that much weight was because of what was going on on the inside of me. I was suffering from a broken heart and from a lot of stress. And when I took the time to work on what was inside of me by giving myself affirmation, it did a world of difference for myself. I found the strength to lose weight, something that I didn't even think I was capable of doing. I found the strength to believe in myself again. I found the strength to you know, look in the mirror and to make myself like what I saw when I, you know, looked at my reflection. And over time, seeing those post-it notes on my door, and this was back, you know, when I was living at home with my parents. I had moved back home a couple years ago um, to save money to buy my house. But, you know, when I was living at home, being back in the same bedroom, that I had been in when I was three years old. <laughs> very, very small room with not a lot of space for, for me or for my things. You know, putting those post-it notes everywhere, it was almost like I had vacuum sealed myself into a space of positivity. So every time I had feelings of, you know, I'm unattractive or 
I'm fat or, you know, I'm worthless or I didn't feel like I was as accomplished as I should be because I was living at home with my parents. Looking at those post-its, seeing those things that I wanted to someday believe about myself, over time, I began to believe those things about myself. You have the power to speak things over yourself. Like, and I'm just going to go there (laughs) for those of you who subscribe to belief in God, you know, we serve a God that is literally the creator of the entire universe. And he spoke the entire universe into existence. So because he spoke it, because he created man in his own image and gave us the same power that Jesus has, We therefore too have creative ability through our words. We have the power to speak things into existence. So if you want to feel better about yourself, if you want to have the life that you want to have, if you want to see yourself in a better position, you have the power to speak yourself there or to write yourself there. I posted noted myself there (laughs) and I ultimately believe that That was the very start and the very catalyst for a complete turnaround in my life. Like I have not looked back since that very dark time. You know, I've experienced other things that have had the, the, you know, opportunity to try to knock me back down again. But one thing nobody can ever tell me is that I'm ugly or fat. I'm fluffy. I don't look the way I used to look. But you can't tell me nothing because, you know, I am completely convinced about myself. And I never thought I'd be able to say that, much less say that on a public platform. But, you know, self-affirmation did that for me. Fill those voids and fill those insecurities with self-affirmation. And when you focus your time and your energies on affirming yourself, you have very little time to continue to compare yourself to other people. Another thing um, that you can think about when trying to learn how to overcome comparison is to cancel it. Like cancel whatever provides the opportunity for you to compare yourself. I mean, y'all, we cancel everything and everybody. Like for some people, you need to cancel social media. You might need a break. You might need to let it go, period. You know, if every time Christmas rolls around and you are a blubbering mess by the end of the day because of all of the engagements and, you know, whatever else has gone on on Christmas, you might not be able to be on social media for Christmas because it might be too much for you to take in. And ultimately, I think our minds draw us to those insecurities. Like the only thing that your brain is paying specific attention to is how many people have gotten engaged on Christmas. You didn't take the time to see anything else in between. You didn't laugh at the memes that came in between those posts. All you saw was that 10 people got engaged today and you were spending yet another Christmas alone. If you're at that point, you might not be able to handle social media on Christmas. Cancel it. If every time you know, you have a friend who might be making way more money than you are and you can't handle the conversations about these amazing and elaborate trips and things that they take. 
I'm not telling you to cancel your friendship, but what I am telling you to do is to cancel every opportunity for you to find yourself in conversations with that person about the thing that you feel most low about. And if this person is your friend, they should know what your triggers are anyway. Not to say that your friends shouldn't be able to talk with you about things that they're excited about in their own lives, but sometimes that's a part of friendship. Like sometimes you have to understand what your friends can and can't handle at that moment. And you have to be considerate of it. They might need to talk to another friend about, you know, their trip to Alaska because you can't take it right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that, you know, ultimately overcoming comparison is a process of internal healing and healing doesn't happen overnight if you cut yourself there will be sometimes days sometimes weeks you know of a scab and underneath that scab is where your skin is healing it takes time that scab's not gonna fall off until whatever is going on underneath is done until your your body and your skin is prepared for it to do what it needs to do it's the same thing with you you're not going to find yourself you know completely over a comparison until you've done the work internally first to be able to handle whatever is bothering you externally like cancel it have no problem canceling it Pull yourself away from whatever table causes you to compare yourself to other people. And when the time is right, when you're ready, when you can handle it, then it's very easy for you to go back and to be able to now appreciate what other people have and what other people are experiencing because you've had that time to heal whatever those wounds or insecurities are on the inside of you. And then the last thing is to create a lane for yourself and stay in it which basically just means mind your doggone business mind your business mind the business that pays you (laughs) mind the business that serves you stay in your own lane like we have gotten caught up in in the culture of being busy like everybody loves to say they're booked and busy But really and truly, most people are booked and tired and need a nap. And while you're looking at these people thinking that, you know, they're the ultimate, you know, multitasker and they're able to be business mogul, mom, wife, uh, superhero, CEO, their lives are falling apart and you don't even know it because they look like they're holding it together. But if you stay in your own lane, not look to the left, not look to the right, but look straight ahead to what's in front of you, what your goals are, and how you can best focus on what's to come, you will find yourself really and truly in a much different space mentally anyway, because now that you're not thinking that you're less than other people, you begin to see exactly who you are and how much of you you are and how much you can accomplish and when the time is right when you're ready to launch and ready to throw that project or that business idea or whatever out there to everybody you'll be so confident in your own product that nobody will be able to convince you otherwise because you've taken the time to cultivate yourself and your idea in your own lane in your own space 
There is absolutely nothing wrong with taking time away. I know we keep talking about, you know, this downtime that we're forced into because we're quarantining and sheltering right now. However, this is such an amazing opportunity for you to create your own lane right now because you can't be with nobody no way. <laughs> like, take a day, take a break from social media for just 24 hours. I guarantee you, you will see more productivity in your life than you ever thought you could have from just that 24 hours of taking a break from minding everybody else's business but your own. I've done it and I'm telling you, it works. Again, social media is great. It is one of the most powerful tools that we have at our fingertips. However, we want to make sure we're using it as a tool and not as, you know, something that's going to essentially tear us apart. We have to get our minds focused back on what is most important. And right now in our lives, what is most important is God, family, your business, and whatever else you have to contribute to the world. Somebody needs who you are at this moment. Somebody needs what you have to offer to the world. Somebody loves you just as you are. You have no reason to compare yourself to anybody. Stay in your own lane and mind your own business. Comparison is the thief of joy, y'all. Stop letting it steal your life. On this segment of Carapy, we're going to talk about something that I believe every millennial has dealt with at some point in their lives. And that is the ability to believe in your own dopeness. So I saw this post on Facebook um, on Monday that really resonated with me. It said, always believe in you, your gift, and your own dopeness. Like y'all, that literally screamed out at me because it can be so easy to not believe in yourself, to not believe in your product, to not believe in what you have to offer to the world. You know, we are essentially living in a world that is oversaturated with just about everything that you can imagine. And it can be very hard in the midst of all of that to see what value you could possibly add to the world. But if you don't subscribe to you, no one else ever will. And I think, you know, having that personal buy-in is really and truly what bolsters your confidence and what bolsters your ability to believe in yourself despite what everything else you know despite whatever else is going on in the world um you know especially as and you're probably going to hear me talk a lot about creatives um because there is a new awakening and a new awareness of what it means to be a creative and i think that more people are discovering like their own vein or their own realm of being creative but as a creative individual um, you know sometimes that can back you into a space of vulnerability where you don't really know if what you have to offer to the world or what you have to offer to 
your world is impactful or good enough. But the thing is, if you don't believe that what you are and who you are and what you have to offer is enough, nobody else is going to buy into you either. Like if I believe that I'm funny, over time, you're going to also believe that I'm funny, even if it takes me having to work on my craft of trying to develop comedy. If, you know, I want to be, um, you know, a business mogul, if I want to open a line of cosmetics, and I think that, you know, there are so many cosmetic lines out there so many so many that are tried and true so many that are proven so many that have gained you know a lot of notoriety over the years however i have to first believe that the product that i want to sell to other people is good and i have to be able to tell other people why they should choose my product over every other product on the market i have to a hundred percent convince myself that my product is the best product, period. You have to convince yourself that you are the best product, period. And when you do, you will find yourself in a position where you have the confidence to do and to go out and to try just about anything that you you know have a desire to try. Without having the confidence or the ability to believe in your own dopeness, you are ultimately going to talk yourself out of your destiny every single time. It takes confidence to do anything in this world. It takes confidence to believe in your ability. It takes confidence for you to go out and to create the world and to create the life that you ultimately want to have. It's okay, I say this all the time, no matter what I put my mind to do, no matter how nervous I am about doing it, I'm going to do it with my knees shaking. You sometimes have to do it with your knees shaking. And as you'll find over time, you will build that confidence. And as you build that confidence, nobody will ever be able to talk you out of your ability or talk you out of who you know you are because you've already convinced yourself because you already have created a track record with yourself over time. If you aren't buying into what you're selling, nobody else will, regardless of what it is that you're trying to sell, whether it be your product, whether it just be, you know, you, <laughs> whether it just be you, you have to believe that confidence is always going to be your most attractive feature. I know people, and I'm gonna hop on a tangent for a second. <laughs> you know, I know some people who by the world's standards might not be that attractive when you really, really look at them. However, they carry themselves as if they are runway models. They walk around with the swag of a king, of a queen. And because of that, people flock to them. 
they have no trouble getting dates <laughs> because they believe in their own you know attractiveness they believe in their own dopeness and that attracts people that compels people people will be attracted to you and who you are and to what you have to offer because of whatever you present to them it draws itself basically you know believing in your own dopeness is essentially believing in your own light it creates a light and insects and people and animals everybody is attracted to the light you have to believe in yourself don't continue to stifle your abilities to stifle your dreams and to talk yourself out of those things that you wish to accomplish believe in your own dopeness believe in your own gifts and most importantly believe in who you are because what you are and who you are matters how you living what how you living what how you living live in color we come to the end of episode two I am ecstatic. I told y'all I was going to work on staying excited. <laughs> I'm ecstatic that you guys join me back here for another episode of Millennial Things. I'm really hoping for this to continue to grow and to serve as a platform and a sounding board for all things millennial. Every little thing that we possibly deal with both internally and externally. I hope that I'm able to be, you know, at the very least, a beacon of hope and a beacon of light in all of your lives. Continue to share this podcast with everybody that you know. I'm excited to announce that we are finally being um, published on multiple podcast platforms. So not only can you check us out on the Anchor app, but we're also available on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public. I'm really, really waiting for us to get approved to be on Apple Podcasts. When we get there, I might feel like I'm doing a little bit of something. <laughs> but I'll keep you posted. Remember to check us out on the Anchor app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public. Be sure to join me on Instagram and to follow me on Instagram at Millennial Things Podcast. Spell that out for you. Millennial is spelled with a Y in the middle instead of an E for like Lynn. Get it? <laughs> so M I L L Y N N I A L Things Podcast at Millennial Things Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to follow Lynn D on um, Instagram as well at Becoming 31 Status. I can't wait to be back with you guys again. Make sure that you take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Use your sanitizer. Practice your social distancing. And I want to leave you with just one little word. Something that really has, um, you know, changed my thought process even today. Remember that everything you have is everything you need to get everything that you want. Take care, y'all. Be safe.